2: And here we are this year celebrating the 25th anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. How awesome is that? And celebrating great leaders in history like Justin Dart who passed away. But Yoshiko, his wife is still with us. Yoshiko. Someday, Yoshiko, I'm going to get you on this show, and I know right now you're smiling and shaking your head, but Yoshiko Dart is a great national leader in the United States here for young people with disabilities, and she is just awesome, as is our guest today. As you all know... I like to bring on every month someone from Pittsburgh because, after all, this is my hometown that I am so proud of. And today I am so proud to have one of the most well-known business leaders. I really can tell you, when you mention her name, everyone knows who she is. Uh, we have a technology council that has become ready for this the largest regional IT trade association in the nation. And when I tell people that, you know what they always say to me? What? You're kidding! Because, of course, they don't realize how Pittsburgh has so changed. So we are so excited to have as our guest today the President and CEO of the Pittsburgh Technology Council, Pre- Pre- President Presidente. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show, Audrey <laughs> Russo.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm so thrilled to be on the show. It's just an honor to listen to you talk. Well,
2: it's great to have you. And you know what? Before we get going here, for all my friends with disabilities listening throughout the country, I think one thing I want them to know, Audrey, is really you're not uh, ignorant of the disability world and of what we go through, because you actually worked in that world. Mm -hmm. And I thought maybe you could just take a few moments and talk about that.
3: Well, you know, a long time ago I got a undergraduate degree in social work. And um, I quickly worked in institutions where people were erroneously placed. As you know, Joyce, there was a time where there was a massive amount of people who were placed in facilities, very often far from their homes, and were erroneously placed there. And over you know the many many years, or lots of legislation, this is before the ADA. Um, signage, that people were placed in places where perhaps they might have only had epilepsy or perhaps they had a head injury or perhaps there wasn't, they didn't, couldn't afford to have the kind of help and their parents had to, you know, surrender them. So I had an opportunity to lead um, an, an institution and um, put people back into their communities who had been in, who had been remanded under different states cares for long periods of time and unite them with their family so one of the things that i learned through that i mean i learned so much Joyce i can't even begin to to tell you how much i've learned and what it it continued to um, i reap the benefits of that learning each and every day one of the things that i realized was that it's so important and it, for particularly for me as i started getting back getting into business that it wasn't about keeping people separate. It was about keeping people included. And to this day, that's what's resonated with me: that you can't change the world by siloing things and putting people into different categories and having. Because de- really, we're only all of us are only temporarily able-bodied until something happens. Right? That's it's right. Only- a matter of, of a minute, a fraction, or any kind of situation that impacts us directly or indirectly. So, you know, that's in a nutshell the kind of work that I've done. But that was that left an indelible impression on me and how I and how I approach the world.
2: You know what? And that's what I meant when I said Audrey has a totally understanding about really the struggles of people with disabilities and inclusion. And you know, I don't know if you caught this, but it is so true that people with epilepsy were included in this, people such as myself, because, you know, people just didn't understand, and it's so terrible Mm -hmm. how people did not want to see people with uh, psychiatric disabilities or other disabilities, and Mm -hmm. hard to believe that still there are in the United States some institutions left, but Audrey, thank you so much for what you did, because everything, every single person does count.
3: It does. It does. We can't forget that.
2: Right. So, Audrey, how were we lucky enough to get you to join and lead the Pittsburgh Technology Council? How did that all happen?
3: Well, I actually was in Pittsburgh at the time, even though I'm not a native Pittsburgher. I'm originally from New York. But when I was in Pittsburgh, I worked for a company called uh, Maya Design, which was a company that spun out of Carnegie Mellon about 25 years ago. And when I was working at Maya, the Pittsburgh Technology Council, which for our listeners, as you so eloquently spoke at the onset of your program, is the largest, it's also the oldest. Technology Trade Association. It actually started here. We worked with um, an organization in Boston at the time, and that's 33 years ago. So that's even, to me, that's even crazier because many times people forget that Pittsburgh, or they don't understand that Pittsburgh really is the home of so much innovation. And it came from visionaries about 33 years ago that said we need to put something together to coalesce this region. And they were not going to let the region, you know, as steel and as manufacturing, you know, departed the region these visionaries said, no, there's a lot more going on here and pulled together a technology council. So I was here actually in Pittsburgh in a headhunter. Um, they were doing a national search, and I had been doing some work at this company called Maya Design, and they reached out to me. I, I guess in many ways I was like the dark horse, the not the non-typical candidate, not just being a woman, but also being someone who had been working in business. Whereas most people who lead these kinds of organizations are people who have background in association and nonprofit and things like that. I had none of that. So you you
2: had none of that, but may I say, I believe having, first of all, you had a degree, remember, in social work, but I also believe that business background was so helpful coming out of that background, because I know with Bender consulting services, I believe one of the reasons we have been successful is coming out of the private sector, because it's different than not-for-profit, and Mm -hmm. you know, in Mm -hmm. my world of employment, I knew what it takes to get a job, keep a job, because of my background Mm -hmm. in executive search, so I think that was an asset, and lucky for all of us, that headhunter called you.
3: I think that the most important thing about any kind of work you do, whether it's nonprofit, whether it's service, whether it's a business like yours that's thriving, it's about value. And it's about understanding the mutually beneficial value of what it is that you're offering. So that, and that's really the approach that we have So when we have tech companies, and we have lots of them here in Pittsburgh, when we have tech companies, we try to understand the kinds of things that are impediments to them growing successful companies. And that's really how we approach the work that we do.
2: Well, as we both have mentioned, uh, although I didn't know it was the oldest, uh, I knew we were the largest IT trade association. And as I mentioned, many people do not realize that accomplishment. So how about if you talk about this a little bit? How many members does Pittsburgh Technology Council have today? Um, and, And also it isn't just one industry. I know that that belong. So what are some
3: of the industries? Well, we we fluctuate anywhere between 1200 and 1400 companies, which is a lot. So that means that probably touches upon 250,000 people who work in those companies. We do not take individual memberships. So, you know, we represent about 23% of the region's payroll, which is growing. So wow. just to put that in perspective. Um, So that's a lot of companies, and all those companies, which make it really, really interesting for Pittsburgh, is that we have, still we have headquarters of big multinationals, as you know, in this region. And most of those companies are also members of the Tech Council, and that makes it even more compelling, because the big companies need to understand what the startups are working on. And we create pathways so that those companies can both learn outside the walls of their big companies as well as help support the innovation that's being created and commercialized outside of universities, which we also are rich in in this region. So our clusters focus on life sciences and biotech, and that has been a growing, a steady growing part of the ecosystem here. But what's most recently really trans transcribed is that we have a lot of robotics, and we have been working in this region for like 20 years on robotics research. We have a robotics research lab that's affiliated with Carnegie Mellon, and we have just recently Uber has, has opened up a research and design center in Pittsburgh. And they're very interested in um, the automation of cars and self-driving cars. Now, whether that will happen in our lifetime, it that doesn't really matter. What matters is is that we have a lot of people who are working on some really complex issues around safety and driving and robots. So that's something that's really emerging. We're seeing a lot of that. We you know, as you know and maybe our listeners don't know, there's a company called Four Moms that actually has leveraged robotics in the infant and child care industry. So if any of any of your listeners are interested, go to the number 4 M O M S and they are locate they are doing amazing things in terms of uh you know, my daughter's 25 years old. Their solutions on on. Um, strollers and infant seats and bathing are are very, very um, demonstrably noticed because of, of how they have looked at safety, ease of use, and leveraging a whole lot of technology to make sure that children are safe and parents can have fun as well, as ease of use so we have so many solutions that here um, in terms of um, application development we've got lots of companies that are coming out of here this is the home of a company called Duolingo which is uh, spawned out of Carnegie Mellon faculty and they're working on learning languages on your own in your own way and um, most recently they have had raised a significant amount of capital and I think we're going to hear more about some of these companies the world will hear more about some of these companies. Pittsburgh's been working at this for a really long time, Joyce, as you know. it's this, None of this happened overnight. And so the emergence of a lot of these technology industries is something that has been steady, steadily growing. Apple just op- is opening up a new center in uh, what we call our strip district here. In Pittsburgh, so there's a lot of activity. Google has opened up uh, here about six, seven years ago, and now they're growing to several hundred people in R and D. So it's an exciting time for your listeners who don't know anything about Pittsburgh. It's we're you know we you know we're on the map, and uh, and your Pittsburgh pride, Joyce, is uh, really really appreciative because of all the work that you do around the globe.
2: Well, oh, and I am proud of Pittsburgh, and it is, as you can see from hearing Audrey, so exciting what we have going on here. But right now, we have to go to break, and then we'll be back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with Audrey Russo.
1: and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com.
4: Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes.
2: Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're talking today to Audrey Russo, President and CEO of the Pittsburgh Technology Council. And Audrey, once again, PTC offers many platforms for companies. Anyone listening to the show here in the Pittsburgh region, I mean, it is a very powerful and great trade association you should be involved with. And, no, it isn't just research. I mean, as you'll see, there are many different platforms. And I know you also work in government relations. Audrey, Mm -hmm. what do you do in that area?
3: Well, you know, we are advocates for public policy to, to ensure that southwestern Pennsylvania is the best place for technology and innovation to build their companies. So, you know, very often, many of the things that impact all businesses will impact many of these startup companies, and that matters to us. It matters to us to make sure that the complexity, that the tax structure, that anything that impedes the ability of companies, because it's a competitive world. The world is flat, and it's important to us to make sure that we can keep those companies local. Or regional. The uh, the other thing at the federal level, we've really cared about a few things. Now, you know, obviously, I care deeply about making sure that all people can work, and all people can have the opportunity to work. So, however that lies at the federal level, that's really important um, to us because we believe that, particularly in the field of technology, the accessibility and the inclusiveness is really what will take all of this to the next level. We can't exclude people because technology touches every person. And if we don't have every person working on technology, we will have missed our customer, we'll have missed the consumer. So at the federal level, we really care about immigration reform, particularly for those people who have been, are foreign-born and have, um, have received their master's or PhD at universities in America So we've been pretty passionate about that. We are trying to make sure that the medical device tax for um, companies that are building medical devices is not... does not impede their ability to build companies. So there are things that become complex, and we try to get ahead of those things to make sure that they're best representing um, our efforts around the U.S. And we sometimes will forge alliances with um, some of the leaders in Silicon Valley on issues that really matter to them that matter to us as well. So, um, you know, in government relations, there's also companies who might be able to benefit from different things that the government might offer in economic development. So we will help connect companies with things that they could benefit from. You
2: know what's so amazing? You were talking about Google. And here I am. I have a meeting in San Francisco uh, Thursday with Google Mm -hmm. and Facebook. And here we have Google right here.
3: Oh, we have Google. Yeah. I mean you know google is really what also helped tremendously in the region in terms of people paying attention to pittsburgh so google had you know actually you know was on campus at carnegie mellon they had an innovation center like many of the silicon valley and you know outside of the region big multinationals that are in technology but google really understood the capability in Pittsburgh, and the kind of talent that was coming out of Carnegie Mellon. And to think that in five years there, there might be 400, 500 people working at Google in Pittsburgh is really, really profound. Um, the exciting thing is is that the, the, the doctoral student who's now finished his PhD since and who helped get Google here, he is now the dean of computer science at Carnegie Mellon. Wow. Wow. So, it's, uh, it's such an exciting time for us because he really understands what it means to help bring a company to town, get access to talent, build deep community ties, and understand the academic preparation. So, and he also oversees the robotics as well. So these times here in Pittsburgh, you know, within two years, we, you know, Pittsburgh is really, really going to be well-positioned for solid, solid footing.
2: Well, you know, this
3: I mean, that
2: is, that's an unbelievable story. But even when he talked to them, I mean, other people could have talked to him. Obviously, he did a brilliant job. But in addition to that, why do you think they came here? I mean, why do you think well, they chose Pittsburgh?
3: Well, I think they chose Pittsburgh because they saw the kind of talent that and the kind of educational preparation that um, students were getting at Carnegie Mellon. Mm. And with the computer science school, which is rated either number one or number two, with the amount of machine learning that's been going on, with the amount of of uh, research that comes from every piece of our government that is that is actually has presence in Carnegie Mellon, it really made sense to Google. And Google slowly over time started to build and build, and they discovered. That not only is it the talent, but Pittsburgh's a pretty interesting place to live. Not, and I'm not talking just about the cost of living. It, it, Pittsburgh is a place where many, many people are can have access to so many different things. So they can right, have access right. to a little bit of uh, urban living. They can uh-huh. have access to a, you know a, an amazing outdoor life that is year over year just growing and growing, you know, whether that's biking, whether that's hiking, whether that's being on the river. Um, you know, we're cleaning our rivers. We're cleaning our air. We're working on things that matter to a lot of people. The other thing is, is Pittsburgh's a place where if you want to be a part of a city, we want you. We want you. If you want to just consume, like you, you, very often you do, you're a passive consumer in big cities, that's not Pittsburgh. But if you want to participate and you want to get involved in almost anything that you might be interested in, you can do that here, and you can have an impact. And most people today who have been working in tech or recent grads, they're very interested in having an impact. And, boy, are you right on there.
2: I mean, in addition to all of this, because we have arts, we have the symphony, we have opera, we have Pittsburgh Public Theater, we mm-hmm. have the Pittsburgh Pirates, who I am personally obsessed with. We have the Steelers, <laughs> the Penguins. I mean, and, and as Audrey mentioned, the Three Rivers. I mean, we have so much.
3: Mm-hmm. It is really
2: amazing. We have so much. The city. I beautiful. wish your listeners
3: could go and see some of the views of Pittsburgh at every time of year. It's pretty, pretty, pretty powerful. Oh, it
2: is. And one other mm-hmm. thing I want to talk about. Yes. You want to go to a city where the people give back? Mm-hmm. This is it.
3: Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: this city rallies around giving back to the community. I mean, when you come to Pittsburgh, no wonder we won that year, uh, friendliest city, because mm-hmm. I always say you could go into a store, see two people having this really intense discussion, and think, wow, they must know each other well, and they just met. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just how Pittsburgh is. So as you can is, see, if you're not living here, oh, you're missing out. You are missing out. And it isn't just the large corporations. For example, there's me, small business. But small businesses, that's where the jobs are. That's where 80% of the new right, job right. opportunities are. That's where the opportunities are. Right. Yes. And Mm -hmm. we do have a robust growth in that area also. But, Audrey, do not they also participate in the Pittsburgh Technology Council?
3: Yes, they do. They do, which is very, very unusual because they understand that it's it's, it's rising tides. Once we all rise together, that's what's going to move us and move the needle, which is so interesting compared to other cities. I have so many people who come to see us and come to talk, and want to benchmark, and talk about um, not having that kind of synergy. And, and it's, you know, Joyce, as you know, just as anything in life, it's far from perfect. And, you know, we're always looking. We know that we have holes. We know that we have opportunities. We know we haven't been as inclusive as we, as we should and could be. But we also know it's a journey. And we're yeah. never going to stop. We're never right. going to stop. And so that's, what, that's say- what I love
2: what would you say percentage-wise are small businesses in the members of the PTC?
3: Oh, small businesses? Oh, I would say like 50%, maybe 60%. Wow. At least. And so small businesses would be under how much? Under how many people? Uh, We'll
2: say under 500.
3: Maybe 60%.
2: Well, you see, why I'm bringing that up is if you're listening to the show right now and you are a small business, don't be thinking it's just the Googles of the world or right. Highmark right. or, um, right. uh, you know, PPG. I mean, these are also small companies. And, mm-hmm. you, you know, Pittsburgh Technology Council has so much to offer in so many different areas that can benefit a small business. Mm-hmm. So right. you know, really take a good look. What is the website,
3: Audrey? P P G H Tech P E C H all one word dot o r g.
2: And while I'm on that subject, how how do you receive funding?
3: We we do it the old-fashioned way. We we um, earn it. <laughs> <laughs> so we charge for the work that we do. We charge for membership. And we have events, and we do magazines, we do radio, we do publications, sometimes we do television, and uh, that all generates enough to more than cover my team of 22 people. How how about people that want to donate? Well, we have just started a nonprofit organization called 40 by 80, and F-O-R-T-Y-X-80, and that's essentially the longitude and latitude of Pittsburgh and our job is to put Pittsburgh on the map, and we are going to be telling the world more about the opportunities that are happening inside of Pittsburgh, and that is a 501c3. Well,
2: there you go. If you want to make a contribution, there's your way right there, because isn't that great? Oh, I love that. Putting Pittsburgh on the map. Oh, that is so awesome. Um, so how would they do that if someone wants to
3: make a contribution? They can just write Audrey at 40, F-O-R-T-Y, X80.org. Or you can go to our website, and there's information and links out there.
2: Okay, well, it's a good thing. It's a great thing for you to check out. But right now we have to go back to our break if you just joined us, we've been talking to Audrey Russo, President and CEO of the Pittsburgh Technology Council. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back with Audrey. Don't go away.
1: and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom, and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com
0: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
1: If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
2: Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're talking today to Audrey Russo, the president and CEO of the Pittsburgh Technology Council. And you know I love Pittsburgh. So, I'm <laughs> so excited to have Audrey. On the show today, and you know what we've been talking about? We've been talking about so many things the Pittsburgh Technology Council has to offer to members that join, Um, and one of those things is service visibility. Now, what is that? What do you mean by that, Audrey?
3: Well, what that means is is that very often for small businesses, as you well know, Joyce, when you're first starting out, and even very often as you are maturing as a business, you forget how important it is to tell your story. Now, you're a master at that, right? You're a great storyteller. You're out there in front, and you're tooting the horns of a lot of people, the people that work for you, the people that you support, and the vision that you have. But Not everyone does that when they're running a company, and it's really important, particularly in this day and age, for people who want, who are looking for new employment, people who are getting out of college, they need to understand about companies, and it's not just an advertisement, a periodic brand. It's really peeling it back and talking about what kind of work People do when they work at that company. And small companies compete with the same kind of talent that big companies are looking for. So the competition is brutal. And as a result, what we do is we try to figure out different ways to get the leaders out in front of people. We interview them like you're doing with me. We write about them. We use social media. If there's opportunities to put them on television, if there's different threads of uh, media that we could sort of get out into the world, connect people with some of the leaders of these organizations. Because young people want to understand about their leadership. What does the leadership stand for? What kinds of things are they going to work on? What does that work have to do with the impact of the world at large? It's not just saying, I want to work for that big company that's on the Fortune 100 list anymore. It's really trying to understand what is work like for people, and then on the flip side, companies also need to be telling the story about what products they make, or that they design, or they have, you know, um, you know, intellectual property on, and talk about what that means in the world. Because the small companies, again, very often aren't telling that story, and if they're telling that story, sometimes it's in the form of a press release, or sometimes it's in the form of one-way communication. So we try to create enough of, a, of, of information, of tools, of buzz that can get people a little bit better understanding about what's happening and what the opportunities are in more informal ways and less traditional ways. Now, obviously, we do magazines and, you know, like you, we do radio and we try to get that out there to the world. But that's the way of the world today. When I went to work for Alcoa many years ago, that's not how I got my information. Today, that's how you get your information, and it's really important to be out there. And you know, Joyce, when you're running a company, it's hard to – you have a lot of plates spinning, a lot of plates. And you've got to make sure that your marketing and communication person is really working on the right things. And very often, they're busy as well, trying to make sure that you have business, that things are running smoothly. And sometimes people forget that telling their story and getting that exposure is just as important.
2: Yes, you know what? When Oh, that is so true. When I first, oh, many, many years ago, and I'm meaning like, what would that be, like 40 years ago when I first got in sales, I mm-hmm. remember, um, this is before I went into executive search, and I remember this photograph. It was actually a drawing that they had in the sales office. I'll never forget this, and it was of a uh, man's face, and it said, If I don't know you, if I don't know who you are, why would I buy anything from you? Well, Mm. guess what? That still applies. If people don't know you, how the heck could they use your services?
1: And you know how
2: great is it to have that opportunity through an organization, a trade organization. So once again, if you're listening to this show and you're thinking, oh, I wish people knew about me, here's a way. Here's a way, if you're a small business, here is a way, and I'm sure, by the way, there are many larger companies that still don't know how to do this. So, um, wow, that is a great, great opportunity. Now, you know, Audrey, I am all about employment, specifically as I am a living woman living with epilepsy, and by the way, Audrey, this is... Is the 20th anniversary of Bender Consulting Services. Is it? Yes. Wow. 20th year. Wow. How many people have you put to work? That, when I say now that we know of, I say that because we've worked with the NSA for nine years, but because of all this security protocol, we don't always know. When a person is hired or who, same thing with the Office Mm -hmm. of Personnel Management. But we have found, I have found employment at Bender for over 1,000 people with disabilities. And may I say, for the first several years, you all have to know this, we're talking six people. You know, we're talking 10 people. I mean, in a year. It took a while to really get this going uh, the way we have. And, you know, I remember when I started, Mary always reminds me of this. I said, if I can just find employment for 100 people, that would be so great. You know why? Because, like, no one wanted to even think about hiring a person with a disability other than, hi, Mark, who stood behind me from the beginning, Mm -hmm. and then there. But for a long time
3: everything Mm -hmm.
2: else, you know, was not in Pittsburgh but was outside of Pittsburgh. But I know that right here there is a huge talent search uh in Pittsburgh and I know you're involved with that, the technology council. And I wondered if you think that Section five oh three of the Rehabilitation Act, which is Mm -hmm. affirmative action, finally for all federal contractors in the United States, do you believe that will finally help people with disabilities gain employment?
3: Well, you know, listen, you know, I certainly hope so, right? Because, you know, everyone wants to have an impact on this earth. Everyone. And, you know, many people, I believe, particularly people who have disabilities that aren't, obvious, physically obvious, will repress them and won't share them for fear of being discriminated against. And as you know, that's hugely problematic for all parties involved, particularly understanding that all of us have something, right? I mean, all of us have something. Whether it's recognized by the American Disabilities Act or not, we all come to the workplace with with a whole set of who we are and what we do and how we've reacted to the world one way or another. And the more that we can balance and understand, like I mentioned earlier in the show, that it's really important. You know, if technology is aiding every company today and making them become more and more efficient or effective or whether or not how that you know, impacts people's lives, if we don't have representation of all of consumers that are involved in making and designing products, we're missing out, just from a business standpoint. So that would, that's how I feel about the issues around persons with disabilities, that it's really important for them to be included whether it's in design of products, whether it's in design of services, whether it's getting, um, them having a capability to help solve some really, really complex problems. It touches everyone. Technology doesn't just touch one faction. So whether that's designing a phone, whether it's the interface, as you well know, some of these interfaces over years have been very, very wieldy but the more look at the swipe Joyce do you remember you know the whole swipe movement and yep. that actually the swipe was designed to help people use augmentative devices yeah and look at that today today I you know. and I use the swipe we don't even think about it but right. that was designed with the sole intent of people who could not maneuver and that has become one of you know we could give you you know example after example
2: of oh, how I, I always tell people that they have no idea. They have not thought about how many, how, how many different accommodations today, means of access, apply to everyone. You know, what happens when you go into a bar or restaurant and you're watching the TV? What do you see? You see captioning. Mm-hmm. Why do we have captioning? I love captioning. Yes, for members of the deaf community. And you know, um, a mother, you talked about a stroller uh, uh, earlier in the show. Mm-hmm, well, right. a mother with a stroller going to Giant Eagle has that one area where there is a curb cut. Why do we have that? We have that for people with disabilities. And just as you said, I could go on and on. You know the huddle in football. Mm-hmm. How did right. that start? Gallaudet University for the deaf. Oh, With right. it written on their arm, on their uh, mm-hmm. pads, on their arms. So so many things that we use today really started for people with disabilities, just as Audrey mm-hmm. gave this recent example. Um, but, hey, mm-hmm. guess what it all relates back to? Technology. Right. And when Voice you talk about the talent pool, Right. Secretary mm-hmm. Perez, from the Secretary of Labor, who I know and think so highly of, uh, says, "If you're at a symphony and you have an orchestra, but certain members are not included, whether it's a violinist, cello, the symphony's not going to sound right. And mm-hmm. all people with disabilities need to be included." in the labor pool, or it really won't work right. And right now, we're going to go to break. Before we close the show, if you're thinking, oh, I wish my friend had heard this, or I wish my boss had heard this, listen, all you have to do, go to iTunes. You can download it, or go to my website, And you will be able to hear the show as it is archived and at voiceamerica.com. But we'll be right back with Audrey. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back.
0: Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now. 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank
3: you for calling.
4: VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Rumberg from the TV show Heroes.
1: and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated. Providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom, and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast.
0: All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender.
2: Hey, welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Audrey Russo, and next week we'll be talking to. David Holmberg, the CEO of Highmark, one of the sponsors of this radio show, Highmark and Great. Bear, so make sure you tune in. So, Audrey, I'm thinking before I even asked, thought about what I was going to ask you, how, mm-hmm. you know, look how much you've done, you're very innovative, uh, excellent speaker, um, I mean, I could go on and on, but uh, you had to have someone that impacted you. Uh, so that was my question is, who is your role model?
3: I, you know, that, uh, I was trying to think about that whenever people ask me that. I think I am an accumulation of many, many interactions across my life. I really do. I think that I have had the pleasure of having a father who was an entrepreneur with his brothers who were first-generation Americans um, and so I had grandparents who had rich, rich backgrounds against all odds, came to the United States with nothing. Um, I had uh, aunts and uncles, I had a huge family who all um, knew that education and having an impact was the most important thing. Um, I know that very early on in my career, I had people who pushed me. I remember not being able to, uh, being panicked about speaking on stage or speaking in front of people. I mean, Joyce, you know me, and uh, I have no issues whatsoever. You probably have a hard time getting me off the of stage. And uh, there were things all along the way where I knew that I had to push myself. And any time that I find myself in a Comfort, in my in too much of a comfort zone i will always say i'm too comfortable and i need to push myself and i need to get out of my comfort zone that's the only way i know i'm going to be of value and i know that's the only way that i'm going to grow so i think i surround myself with so many different kinds of people And I know that sounds like, you know, like who's that one person. I mean, sometimes I have a role model for a short period of time and it's a great person that I worked for or with. Sometimes it's people who work for me and that I'm learning from. As you know, with your team, Joyce, you have people who are powerhouses and, you know, you learn from them all the time. So, you know, I would say that, you know, my father probably was someone who, being an oldest child, probably. Showed me a lot about the world, and building a company, and what it takes to have relationships with people, and to give people a chance. Well, you know what? So like, I can't pick of one person.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I mean, even in life with mentors,
3: they change, or there's more right. than
2: one. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I think that's here. I have something to tell you. You are the first person that said that, ever. In twelve years. really yes
3: yeah there's not one person
2: yeah i think that is uh really i think that's a great answer hey no surprise you're the head of the pittsburgh technology council so of course you're innovative with your answer that just oh you're funny you're um, funny well look at all this you you know you talked about your education, how you mm-hmm. worked with people with disabilities, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and then how you worked in the business world and how you got involved, you know, through, your, through Carnegie Mellon, and now here you are. So you have already accomplished so much in your life. But if you had to think what your greatest accomplishment oh. has been so far, you notice I said so far. We know oh, no. you're not So dead. far, I'm so not it's, finished, right, yes, Joyce? Right. I mean, I'm so
3: not finished.
2: Yes, neither am I. We're not finished, either one of us.
3: You so, think, Joyce, these are such hard questions for someone like me because I am so driven. I feel like my life is a journey and that each pivot creates something new and a whole different view. And, you know, a, the greatest accomplishment is just an accumulation of, of things. I, you know, my friends will say that they've watched me through my life and that what I do, what I do is I have a steady hand and I'm focused and I'm always moving the ball down the field. The ball is never staying at my foot. So for anything great that I accomplished, I never did it on my own. I always surround myself with great people. I always make sure that I'm not the smartest person in the room. And I always make sure that people I work with can have candor and integrity. And so wow. as a result, my greatest accomplishment is, you know, forming teams and working with teams and knowing that against all odds, we can almost achieve anything. But as you know, with life, there's always, there's always a twist and turn. Yes. How true and that is. And, you know, and well I'm my I know hardest, that. I'm my hardest critic,
2: yeah. Well, that's why you're so successful, Audrey. That is why you're so, a great leader serves, and that's just the way you are. So, hey, what message would you like to leave with our listeners
3: today? Well, when I think of you, Joyce, first of all, I think nothing, nothing can stop you. If I could just put that, when I think of you, against all odds, you have made sure that nothing can not only stop you but should be able to stop others you know dream big know that you can't do anything alone and laugh a lot Mm -hmm. laugh at the right times laugh at yourself and work with people where you can you can laugh with and share tremendous wins with but you can never do any of this work that you do or I do or many of our listeners do on your own
2: how a sage advice that is, and it is true. That's why I tell young people with disabilities, don't lower the bar. Never lower the bar and never have other people tell you, you can't do it, ever. Right.
3: Well, you're okay, an inspiration well, listen, for that.
2: First of all, Audrey, thank you so much for being with us today. Audrey, once again, CEO and president of the Pittsburgh Technology Council right here in the great city of Pittsburgh. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. And we end every show with a quote from a person that has impacted so many. And Yoshiko Dart, this one's for you. We are Americans, and we will struggle however long it takes for the same civil rights other Americans have, said Justin Dart. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you all next week.